took a big chunk off me. Bleeding. It's bleeding. Oh no, it's bleeding. The thing just ripped me ear off. What do you think? Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast, supported by, and now sponsored by, Betfred. This is 2021. This is the Betfred Super League. Be ready. Yes, the game's title sponsor is joining forces with us for the rest of this year and hopefully many more moving forward. Steve-O is waiting for us down under in Australia. Steve-O, this is great news about Betfred getting on board with us. No wonder, of course, really, because naturally we believe this is the best <laughs> rugby league podcast that's out there. Well, after that opening, Eddie, I mean, I've certainly got no doubt in my mind that, uh, yes, we are. Um, is there another podcast of rugby league out there somewhere? Well, there's nothing that reaches the heights of this, but there are hundreds of them. But God love them, Betfred, they've decided to come on board with them. Listen, uh, before we go any further, you're not sounding too clever this week. Full of cold, I hope, nothing worse. Well, having secured a sponsorship, Eddie, um, could you go to a, a chemist? And, and <laughs> I've, got, I've got bronchitis, and, and I'm hoping that I can get, get through this, uh, this podcast. So if I found it, if I sound a little bit ropey, that is the reason why I get it every single year. I was born asthmatic, but you people out there don't want to worry about my complaints because we have lots and lots to talk about. Oh, okay then. Well, on with the chat and uh, controversy corner first up because I know that you love a little bit of that. Um, it's been announced in the past week that Hull Kingston Rovers, Bradford and Castleford, they have lost the right to run a top-level academy setup. Lee and Salford also missed out. Uh, but they will all be allowed, apparently, to run development academies, uh, to run in conjunction with further education institutions and play in college competitions. Now, on the face of it, this sounds like a bit of a kick in the teeth for junior player development, doesn't it? It sure does. Madness is what I call it. And it all comes back to that awful word, money. Because those people who have not been given a license won't get any money whatsoever. So here is a committee that's saying, ah, you can start your own and play in the college system, but you ain't going to get any dough. How stupid is that? You talk about developing. You're talking about what are they doing for the school kids? What are they doing at the junior level? What are they doing for all those clubs who are finding it over the last 18 months? They're trying to get money to keep alive. And here we are talking about you can't have a license, but you can, etc. and so forth. How on earth can all these clubs that are not being given that license, they haven't got that sort of money to put in to ensure that they develop the players? Bradford, how many great players have they? Castleford, how many great players have the local players? And what's going to happen to all those juniors? What, where are they going to play? They'll just say, oh, well, 
if it's not a real good competition, etc., how on earth are they going to learn to become better players? Because you won't get the top system. To get better playing, you need the top system so you can improve, not go backwards and not give 200 kids out there nowhere to go. I think it's absolutely ludicrous. Well, a lot of people are on the same page as you regarding that. The Rugby Football League say they do have a responsibility to the community game as well. They also say that the academy system is supposed to produce players to play at Super League level and international level for England. Um, obviously, the ones that have fallen by the wayside, the committee have decided, haven't come up to scratch. There's no point, Steve, of throwing good money after bad, is there? I can see where they're coming from, but whether it's good or whether it's bad money, I don't care. It's all down to one system, is that all they're trying to do is kick the other clubs up the backside and say you haven't been developing enough. Where are they going to get these players from if you don't have the development at junior level, at school level? We're so far behind all the other sports, and not only in, in England. We also have a problem down here in Australia where a lot of clubs, a lot of players, they're not playing the game, and we're not doing enough to ensure that we bring youngsters back into what we classify as the greatest game of all. And on top of all that, we're in a situation where this head-eye and having a test, HR test, to ensure that no one gets concussion. And do you know there are players and pass players saying, we're turning our game into touch and pass. We'll try telling that to mums and dads who see people getting concussed out on the field of play and say, my little Johnny is not going to play rugby league at all. So if we don't do something at the top level, then we're going to run out of players because they'll go and play another sport. Well, head injuries are causing concern in any sport at the moment, aren't they? Football, rugby union, rugby league, all contact sports, it's being looked at very closely about the head injury situation. The NRL are clamping down, though, aren't they just now? More sin bins than ever before, and it's thought that the Super League's about to follow suit over here. Well, I hope they do, because I look at a lot of my past players. Uh, they're not with us anymore. And I reckon that at least 50% of that is not just of old age, but it's come about from concussion. And I'll be honest with you, uh, my fear is that one day I'll wake up and I don't know who I am. And that is a real tragedy for anybody. How these people can say, oh, they're going to turn it into touch and pass, etc. and so forth. The media get behind it. You know, all these people in the media, there are certain people who have played at top level. I understand that. But some of these journalists, they're coming out and saying this and another. The hardest thing they've had to do is 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 maybe play ping pong. <laughs> they don't they 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 don't understand that these players are getting injured because the game is so fast. It's tough. We know that, but we have to change. Otherwise, we won't have a game in the future. Well, they Full are stop. trying to change. They are trying to change, aren't they? They're trying to 
stop the the head high tackles. I mean, anything now round the neck is <laughs> is described as and is penalised as a head high tackle. There are people though, Steve. I would say that. The judiciary and the people who run the game are trying to sanitise it. Let's bring back the biff. I've heard that so many times. And it's ridiculous, isn't it? And the, the people that do that have never probably never played the game. As I mentioned, you know, the hardest thing they've had is, is, is table tennis, ping pong, as I call it. And you've got to have an understanding that right the way down the track, I keep saying it, families are saying... My Johnny is not going to play rugby league. No way. Well, they're trying to take the thuggery out of the game. I remember when you went over to Australia, didn't you say they used to call it Thugby League? T-H-U-G-B-Y League? Uh, my word. I mean, I wasn't born looking like this, Eddie. They did, a, <laughs> they did a good job on me, I can assure you. You know, people used to laugh at the way that we used to play in, in chocolate and white stripes. And they called us the chocolate soldiers. But when I ran out, uh, I had a big target imprinted on, on, the, on the front of my jersey because get the pom. That was before we even kicked off. <laughs> yes, we've, I can understand look, that, we, yeah. yeah. We've got to get to a point now where we're talking about long term. Every sport is fighting for the money to get from people who want to sponsor us, let's do this, that, and the other. But without children coming through, it doesn't matter how much money we go with sponsorship, you've got to have enough players to play our sport. And there's nothing worse than a mother saying to her husband, I know you played it, but my son's not going to play. It's too dangerous. And Vlandy is the boss here in Australia. And he's taken all the flack and he said, I don't care. People's health and the development of our long-term situation in rugby league is the most important thing. And it is. Absolutely it is. Well, look, we, we, we've started on a, a fairly controversial and a fairly, fairly negative note, which isn't like us, but let's just continue it on for a minute or two longer because Israel Falau... Uh, is trying to register himself to play for the uh, Southport Tigers, I think they're called, aren't they, in the, the Queensland competition uh, up north over there. And only in the last 24 hours, his registration has been declined by the Queensland RL, not because of anything that's gone on in the past, but because the Catalan Dragons are holding on to his registration. And while he's registered with them, he can't be registered with another club. Correct. Now... The man that backs the Southport Club is a man called Clive Palmer. He's a multi, he's a billionaire. And when they announced that he wanted to play for Southport, he said, I'm going to sue the Queensland Rugby League if they don't allow him. And Queensland Rugby League have been very smart and said, well, we can't register him because he's already registered in France. Yeah. To play for Catalan. Now, these people think that I've got plenty of money and I'll make sure that he gets back on and plays for the lower division in the A-grade competition up in Queensland. Well, I'm glad that they've said no. And this is not all about what he said in the past and, and his religious points of view. This is just simple 
someone else has got your contract. Well, why so does we the can... multi-millionaire buy him out of the contract? Well, that's not a bad option. Maybe, Eddie, you should get on the phone to, uh, to Catalan and say, uh, you should ring this Clive Palmer. Uh, we'll take half a million and you can have him. That's not a bad option, Eddie. No, it'd be good business for, for the Catalan Dragons, that's for sure. Let's, let's see how that works out. It is the only negative, actually, on the horizon in France at the moment because the Catalan Dragons are going really, really well. They've downed the Saints already, first team to do that this year. They play the new league leaders, Wigan, this week. Toulouse, uh, alongside Featherstone, on top of the Betfred Championship table. So the game in France, Steve-O, is, is on the bubble. And I'm glad to see it's about time people started to realise. I was one of many, and there weren't all that many, that suggested perhaps that Toulouse should have been brought in instead of Lee. I thought it was a great opportunity for Rugby League to expand, etc. and so forth. But once again, we stuck to the M62, etc. and so forth. In uh, a great regret, uh, you'd have to say that Lee is going to be odds-on to go down. We went through all this before, especially with the fact that they only got half the amount of, uh, <laughs> of money to buy players. That's true. It, I think, I think it, honestly, if Toulouse had gone into bed with Catalan Dragons and a television deal in the south of France had been uh, announced a little earlier than it was, because now Catalan are on the TV each and every week, I rather fancy that Toulouse might actually have been in Super League now. Do you? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I think they should have been. But let's not forget that the other Super League clubs found it very, very interesting to allow Lee to come in because they were only getting 50% of the money. So that meant that 50% that really should have gone to Lee will be spread out amongst the other Super League clubs. So quite frankly, uh, Toulouse would have had no chance unless Toulouse would have accepted the same arrangement. Now, a lot of people don't like the French, but I don't think that that's stupid enough to say, no, we're not coming up in the Super League unless we get the same amount of money. Common sense. Well, Lee bit the bullet and Derek Beaumont, their, uh, their owner, he said he was happy to come into Super League with or without the full amount of money. Now, you mentioned um, Lee being odds on and you've gone on about that all the way through these podcasts. And we can understand why, because the bottom of the table, nil poids, as they say in the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, but... There is a rumour knocking around, and I think it's been started by our old mate Brian Carney, that for a short-term deal, Lee might just be interested in the services of one George Williams till the end of this season, if he is actually being allowed to come back from Canberra. And it, apparently it seems that he is. So what about Williams for Lee, Steve-O? Shall we add to the rumour mill? No. My eyebrows have just gone way over the top of my wonderful bald head. <laughs> he's, on four, he's on 400,000 Australian dollars a season at Canberra. Why would he want to come back and play with the club that's at the bottom of the table? And would Lee have enough money to pay him? No. Everyone's saying that Warrington is going to be the goal. 
And Warrington say, and the fans say, we can't fit him in under the salary cap. Correct. Well, to me, to me, that only means one thing, that one of the Australians in the Warrington side, they'll be saying bye-bye, see you later. Now, who well, do you the, want? Well, well we're going to vote Jackson Hastings on, is Go on. Is it, is it Austin or is it Widow? Which one of those are they going to get rid of? Well, they're playing really to get... well at the minute. They're playing well at the yeah, minute. But, yeah, but they'll have to get rid of them to bring Williams over. On a short-term deal. Any deal. They just want, they want him over because I know that they're playing well now, but at the start of the season, it wasn't the best, was it? They were finding no. it very, very... It's just it, it's just hard to explain. Now, we've known for weeks George Williams uh, uh, wants to go back to England. He wants a release. Look, Canberra boss Don Fern knows what it is. They've obviously sat down with the coach and, uh, and people that count and said, OK, we'll release him. Now, I don't know what the contract states, but releasing him, Maybe they only have to pay him 200 grand instead of 400 grand, which is reputedly his contract for this year. Well, if he gets 200,000 pounds, Steve O, or 200,000 dollars and whatever it equates to over here, there's the money for a club like Lee to move in and say, well, we'll give you X, but you get him Y. So there's nothing really to worry about. You know, we'll, we'll look after you till the end of this season and then see where it goes. And Wigan will be, Wigan will be in pole position, by the way. Won't they? Yeah, Wigan will be well, in pole position. Well, they have to be because uh, they only have to put 50% uh, on their salary cap, whereas all the other clubs have to uh, offload 100%. So Wigan have to be favourites. But the, the mail is that Warrington are so keen. And over there, all the journalists are saying one of the Aussies has to go from Warrington. Now, there's also... It's coming through. I'm just getting some news now that um, when Williams departs, he will free up 250,000. And then the following year, will free up 750,000. So that means that Canberra um, will be able to splash out on another great player. To the tune of a million dollars. Wow. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, yep. well, look, I mean, the, it's all well and good for George to say he wants to come back. Can he get back? I know that Australia's on the green list as far as we are concerned. We can come down there for a holiday if we wish. Can George get out of Australia at the minute? Well, according to the Australian government, no. There is only certain people which will be allowed to leave this country. They've closed everything down. Now, if you're a politician, if you work for the government, um, that's fine. Or if you have a relative, your mother or father is, is, is ill um, and perhaps on the verge of passing away, they will give dispensation. But it's not all that easy to leave this country. Right. So what we've been talking about for the last five minutes might all be uh, cannon fodder. There might be uh, nothing even to discuss. He might not be able to get out at all. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see how the George Williams saga uh, pans out. Let's get to the field of play, steve where it all matters. Wakefield, finally, off the mark. A big win over Hulkingston Rovers. 
following on from a heartbreaking golden point loss to Leeds the previous week. A lot of people saying Chris Chester had, and I hate this phrase, lost the dressing room. His players are pulling up trees for him. Yeah, there again, the media, they'll always find one player that's quite happy to drop them in it. And it's usually a player that has not been selected because of his poor form. It's what we call rugby league live, Eddie, is that a coach can never become friends with team players. You can have them as associates, you can invite them around to your house, etc. and so forth. But I can assure you, once you start dropping certain players, they're not going to like it. They're not going to go to your place, shake your hand and say, yeah, yeah, you've got it right. I haven't been playing all that well. Not many players can do that. And it's a difficult job as a coach. Very, very difficult indeed. But I don't think he's lost the trust of his players. Do you, Christian? No, no. No, the majority, as I say. Look, <laughs> you and I have been in the media for, what, well over 50 years now. And we're steady, in a situation... Steady, steady. Yeah, I'm well, not as old as you. Steady. Well, <laughs> well when you think about it, uh, look, these days it's all about getting the story. It doesn't matter whether you tell a few porky pies or whatever to get that to get that story. That's how journalism has become. They don't worry about what it can bring or whatever. They're just after the story. And it, it's amazing how one person, all he has to do is say, oh, I don't think he's good. I don't, he's not doing any good for the team. And if you look back and you think, oh, well, he got dropped a fortnight ago. It happens in life, it happens in, in, in any sport, we're no different. And I'm pleased for Chester, because I think he's a damn fine coach. He's a good lad, he is, he's a great bloke, really good Yeah, and, it, and it, I mean, they haven't just put him in the toaster, they've shoved him under the grill. Yes, they have, I mean, he, they have. He, he has built up a good reputation as a coach, and I'm pleased for them. I like you, Eddie. I was disappointed. I, I wanted them to win the other day. Okay, they lost by by two points, actually, as it turned out. Yeah, last weekend. Yeah, the weekend before yeah. last, rather. Yeah. And and I'm really, really pleased that it, it is done exceptionally well. I tell you what, that decision in the game that they lost to Leeds, a penalty under the sticks in about the second or third minute of Golden Point. Uh, people say Robert Hicks, the referee, was was right. It was a correct decision, but oh dear. It was a heartbreaker. It was a heartbreaker for, for Wakefield, wasn't it? And it looked to me as though the ball was being pinched before the player hit the ground. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a toss of the coin, wasn't it? And uh, it certainly didn't go Wakefield's way. Um, it's, it, it's one way. Let's hope, and I do hope with referees. As you well know, Eddie, over the years, I've, I've never got on with referees. Nope. I never, I never invite them to my barbecues, etc., and so <laughs> forth. And I always hope that it all squares up when it comes to the end of the season. I'd hate a grand yeah. final to be decided on a decision like that, wouldn't you? I, I mean, a decision well, that we've has seen... to be made. Fair enough, but you know what I mean. Well, we we saw one, didn't we? Was it a knock on? Mm. Michael Withers. Was it a yeah. voluntary tackle by Chris Joint? You, yep. you will go to your grave believing that Bradford were robbed that day. <laughs> now, I don't want to give the impression that I had a few thousand on, on, <laughs> on that. Because as you well know, 
Now then, I'm just looking around me. Oh, I can see my wallet, so everything's fine. Now everything's sweet. Everything's sweet. I thought I'd lost my wallet there, Eddie, for a while. <laughs> Would you now change your bet? Because you've said St. Helens to win by a country mile in the Betfred Super League this year. Wigan now the only club with a 100% record. They are top of the table. I think you're misquoting me there, Eddie. I've never said that they would win by a country mile. You did. I said, I said that they would win. They simple would as that, you said. Simple as that. Yeah. Easy, easy. Simple as that, you said. Well, what, it's simple as that, country mile. Well, it's the way I interpret your words. I know what you're thinking. Well, you should be upset what I'm thinking now, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Wigan maintained uh, their 100% record courtesy of Jackson Hastings' drop goal against Salford. Poor old Salford, you know, they, they, they gave up a spirited display against Wigan and they trailed, did Wigan, for all but the last three minutes after the Hastings drop goal. But the teams at the bottom are getting better. They're getting closer. Yeah, they are. And I, I think that You've got to look at the fact that, uh, you know, two new coaches and it takes a while to get to spell out who's perhaps not good enough. Uh, I have to not pick him this week, etc. and so forth. It happens in life. It happens in, in, in rugby league. Um, trying to get the right system going, both in defence and attack, is not easy. When you go to, a, you know, you've got a new coach, you've got some new players. Sometimes it takes, it takes a while. But uh, good on Wigan. You know they can they can come back. It's uh, like the old St. Helens days. You know, never ever write them off. They always seem to come back, and that's a sign of that's a sign of a great team, isn't it? It is indeed. And we mentioned Jackson Hastings. He's coming back to Australia at the end of yep. the year. There is a vacancy at Wigan, and that I think points to me that George Williams, like Bateman. We'll be back in the cherry and white next year. Do you? Well, it's an advantage for Wigan, as we said earlier, is the fact that they only have to put 50% of his fee to, um, uh, to make sure that they are under the cap. So to double that, maybe it would have just thrown them out. But I spoke to a lot of people and they say, gee, Warrington must have a lot of money. And a lot of people are always saying that, um, how on earth do they go under the cap? Oh, I've, listen, I don't want to go there. I don't want to start any more controversy. We, we've had enough on the programme this week. Let us end on a sad <laughs> note, Steve, if we may. Um, Bobby Fulton, uh, sad news to hear of Bobby's death this week. He's a legend, a former Aussie captain, coach, manly great. Warrington born, though, but one of rugby league's greatest ever players and immortal we lost him to cancer at the weekend. How sad. It's sad indeed. He was uh, an outstanding player um, and, and a great coach as well. There's not many coaches running around that has the record that he has. I can remember um, way back in 1969, uh, not many people realised that, that Manley had signed him from Wollongong and they thought it'd be a good idea to give him experience to go back to Warrington and actually play for the Warrington side. And I can remember playing against him. And, and before the game, the coach, I think it was Les Pierce, the coach, he said, look, they've got this young Australian. Um, just get into him. 
bash him up and we'll never see anything of him. Anyway, we came in at half time and uh, this young kid called Bobby Fulton um, had scored two tries, <laughs> uh, cre- created another another one himself. And I've been looking at the records and, you know, we lost 20 points to seven that day and he was the man of the match by a country mile. Now, that was the fourth game on the trot for Warrington that it scored two tries during the game. And at one point, he scored a hat-trick against Swinton. Now, he scored 16 tries in only 15 games, Eddie. That's how good this young kid was. And that's how good everyone that was there that particular day or that particular season realized that this guy was going to be a great. And he went on to do exactly that. And to put it in some sort of concept, Paddy Gordon was the leading try scorer for Warrington that season, the full season where they used to play around 36 to 40 games a season. He scored 18 tries. Fulton scored 16 in only 15 games. An amazing, amazing player. One of the best. Um, They wanted a New South Wales state funeral. At first, the New South Wales government said, no, we're not going to allow that. Well, there was an uproar. And now Bobby Fulton will be giving a state funeral. What a great effort on behalf of the New South Wales state to give him such an honour. Rest in peace. Indeed so. And I mean, I hope that in future, when we come out of the pandemic in this country, the likes of Frank Myler, for instance, who's sadly passed away during the COVID crisis, I hope that we can do something for some of the greats over here, like Frank, who have passed away as well. I really do. Uh, but I'll let you go and get your, your, yourself sorted out and we'll talk to you again next week. Stay safe. Stay safe. It, it's always a pleasure, Eddie.